0: sports <laughs> the final frontier these are the voices of the sinner and the saint football yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> their weekly mission to provide hot takes medium takes mild takes to boldly go where no show has gone before luke anderson why is he laughing why is it funny Will Darkens. That's the that's the tackler. <laughs> Presented by Buster's Barbecue. For real deal barbecue, check out bustersbarbecue.com. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan, the radio.com app and 1080thefan.com.
2: Can I just say I love you guys' intro. Thanks, man. You know, did you make those? Yeah, Luke and I did it together, man. I like well more credit to you than to Luke because I know he didn't press any buttons
1: to do no, anything. No, he yeah. doesn't do any of that. Luke is not he a will big take button credit. Pressure.
2: Yes, he absolutely will take credit, so I will give him twenty-five percent of the credit, and the seven other seventy-five will go
1: indeed. That to math you. checks out.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty. I was, I was, I was a C student in math. Nice. So uh, I can, I got basic math, all, all good. I try to help my sister, who's a seventh grader now, mm. with her help or excuse me, with her math, and I'll be honest, not good at it. I might need some refresher You courses. mean your sister? No, I'm oh, not good yeah. at it. She's great at it, and I'm sitting there counting on my fingers like like an old person, like one time, wait, carry the four, and she's like, where are you counting on your fingers for?
1: You yeah, know? see, that's what concerns me about having a kid is that they're going to present some homework to me that I'll have zero idea how to help them, and it it won't even be like a hey, let's read this together and try to figure it out. It'll be me going. I am I am useless to you at this point. No,
2: I'm great at obviously we're we're in radio, so or we're on inter, in entertainment. I'm pretty good at English. Hmm. I was pretty good, like you know, writing all that stuff. That stuff was always pretty easy to me, but for whatever reason, math was completely terrible. But I was I was a good writer, pretty good speller. Uh, somebody who's not the best writer. Uh, not the best speller, but looks like they went back to school for it, is Antonio Brown. Mm. And uh, here's a guy. Now, I'm, weird, we don't have to go through the entire timeline. We know the Antonio Brown saga has been uh must-see TV for the most part. Mm. And it seems like every week there was a new story or there was a new um, development to the story. And now Antonio Brown is saying he wants to – put some of the drama behind him or all the drama, and he just wants to play football. Didn't say he wants to play NFL football, but he well, He did say he wants to return, but I don't think that's going to happen. I'll just be – I'll be honest. Like, at this point, I've never seen a dude burn bridges with three teams in, like, the span of, like, four weeks. I've never seen that happen before.
1: Well, I haven't either, and, you know, Center and Saints brought to you by Royal Exteriors, triple-pane windows for up to 60% less than double-pane windows, royalexteriorsllc.com. I have never – seen this situation happen before. And even when Antonio Brown was kind of in that weird flux position of not quite sure if the Patriots want to get rid of them or not. And, you know, he was going back. Now there are these accusations of uh, domestic assault. He, even Adam Schefter. I remember when he went on Darian Mel on that Saturday morning where they said that the Patriots had released Antonio Brown. He was at a loss for words. He didn't know what to say because really this has never happened before. And if you're Antonio Brown, this is happening at pretty, a pretty advantageous moment for you because there are so many other avenues in terms of football that you could play in the interim before somebody says that you're safe now to play in the league. You can go to Canada and play if you want, which he probably won't. You could go play in this new stupid XFL thing for a couple of months, which again, he probably won't because they won't be able to pay him. So you're trapped. You've already dug your grave. People know who you are and they know the weight. They know the talent you have doesn't equal out to the burden you'll bring in a locker room and for ownership. And so it's almost it's it's satisfying on one part because you like to see people like this kind of fall who are complete jerks who have just worked the system to the point where you just want them to go. But then you also kind of feel bad about it because you say this guy is such an incredible talent and we're not going to be able to see him on the field.
2: Yeah, and I think the, the reason why I don't feel as bad it's because he's such an exceptional talent. Yeah, he's so, because he's so good, and I think a lot of times, and Will, you you've played football, you played on a high level in college, and I think that's important to really say. Like, you didn't play like some of us in Western Oregon, and all of that. Like this, that's a that's a great school, and it's a you know great level of talent. But there's something to be said about D1 guys and stuff like that. So, man, you you play with a, a lot of athletes, and you can you know that sometimes athletes be it basketball football baseball they can be really entitled yeah because if you're really good a lot of times since high school since middle school you've been you you can slide you know we'll let you slide because you're six foot nine and you're the star of our basketball team we'll let you slide because you run a uh, 4-1-40 and you can catch everything that's thrown to you like we'll we'll allow you to be the jerk to everybody just because you can play but now uh i think people are they're hip to it and now nobody I don't really think anybody wants to work with Antonio Brown there's there's too many there's too many stories at this point everything with the Steelers to no, mind you I don't think everything with the Steelers is his fault I think a lot of it some of it was his but then again you got Ben Roethlisberger who was throwing his team under the bus every opportunity he got never took any type of accountability for his role in anything you had Tomlin that allowed all these things to happen forever you had the Lavian Bell situation that went on uh then you had the situation with Antonio, like none of all, of that's not his fault. Oakland. I don't think he intentionally did that to his feet. Like, I don't think anybody would, who would purposely give himself frostbite. I wouldn't. Well, it's not intentional. It's just stupid. Yeah. But I'm saying, I don't think anybody would, especially if you know, you work with your, you know, you work with your hands. So you would intentionally do something or put yourself in a position to where you could, you know, uh, hurt yourself or potentially hurt yourself. Like, I don't think he did that on purpose. Again, I think he's just an idiot. Like at the yeah. end of the day, like he just doesn't strike me as the smartest guy. And uh, Jesse, you know, our producer from Football Sunday says it all the time. He thinks that Vontes perfect hit changed him. That hit that he took when when they were playing the Bengals when the Steelers were playing the Bengals in the playoffs and uh he kind of took that that shoulder pad to the side. I think that kind of changed AB a little bit because he wasn't as strange before that hit.
1: Dude, I thought the same thing too. And and he really wasn't this big of a problem at Western Michigan. And if he was, they were hiding it incredibly well. And even in his first couple of years with the Steelers, he wasn't, I mean, I heard that he was pretty eccentric and that he would do kind of weird stuff, but at the same time he was able to keep it, uh, you know, relatively under wraps. You know, the weirdest thing I could think that he really did was just actually start a trend of coming into training camp in a really elaborate way. Right. Like the first year it was like, he came in in this insanely stunted out Rolls Royce that was all steelered and You know, then it finally ended with him coming in a hot air balloon. Yeah,
2: that was pretty tight. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's that's a pretty dope way to cut to to pull up to anything the first time. Just imagine you come to prom or you come to something and you pull up in a hot air balloon. Like that's, I'm stunting on everybody if if you do that. But uh, yeah, just recording the phone call between he and Gruden, and by all accounts, Gruden seemed like he was on. Antonio Brown side most of the time. If we watch Hard Knocks, and mind you, they put what they want to put on Hard Knocks. Oh yeah. So we don't know exactly what the entire story was, but on the surface, it looked like Gruden was excited to have him there. I've got a brand new toy to play with and he can he can do everything that I need him to do. And well, then there, is
1: there any team that's gonna accept him now? I mean that's yes. that
2: you really think Joe Mixon plays for the uh the Bengals. Um uh, uh currently, uh I believe Tariq Hill still plays for <laughs> the the the, uh, the chiefs, they will let, listen, all he, he didn't, he didn't kneel on the flag. He didn't kneel during the national anthem. So you know what? He's got an opportunity to play. And that's just the sad truth of it. Like you can be a uh, domestic violence. You can do like, you can beat your kids. You can do whatever you do. We, we forget um, Adrian Peterson whooped his like four year old son with a switch and he was in the league the next year. You know what I mean? So it's not a, we still haven't seen Ray Rice, but I mean I'm sure he's going to do something. Yeah, and he, I, he had to be the, somebody had to be the the guinea pig and Ray Rice yeah, is just the sacrificial I, I,
1: lamb. Yeah, and I think Ray Rice was also kind of the confluence of bad timing. And again, I, I want to use that word lightly, bad timing because really he should have been what what hap- what he Clark had coming yeah, was well deserved. Absolutely. It's just that he was at a point in his career where really nobody was going to sign him. The 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 scandal and the uh reward you would get just didn't measure up enough for any team and you thought this would kind of happen with uh cream hunt when the video came out right Mm -hmm. of him hitting the woman in the hotel room and it was kind of the same thing as ray rice right you finally catch it on video and all of america sees it okay you're out of here well no cream hunt's actually in his prime and probably still has a couple of years left in his prime and I'm pretty sure we're in either week five or six. Kareem Hunt's about to get back onto the field again for the Browns. Absolutely. So, I believe it's week 12 yeah. or week something like that,
2: week eight, something yeah. stupid like somewhere that. Yeah, somewhere
1: around there. So, I, I mean, yeah, to me, it, it's it's stunning that somebody would hire him again just because of the fact that it looks like everywhere he goes, it just explodes. And the Patriots were the only team to see it coming and just went, nope, see ya.
2: No, yeah. Can't and, you have know, it. The Pats, there's there's something to be said about the Patriots, and I know we have to break here, but – uh, they didn't wait long. He said, "You know what? This yeah. is too much to deal with. We gotta let you, the best receiver in football. Yeah, bro. We gotta cut you. I'm yeah. sorry. We we can't keep you on our roster for now." So Antonio Brown still looking for a job. Uh, he said he doesn't need the NFL. Apparently he does. So I guess jokes on him. Uh, coming up next, man. Trailblazers preseason. That's all we have for now, so we'll see what's going on (laughs) with that. That's coming up next right here on
1: The Fan. Also presented by Royal Exteriors, triple-pane windows for up to 60% less than double-pane. Royal Exteriors, LLC.com.
2: I don't know any of the worst of the song. This might be, this quite quite possibly might be the worst song ever. What? And Farmer is a terrible song. I think this came out when I I want to say I was in fourth grade or something like that. Snow, is that who this is? You, sir,
1: do not have good taste in music. Oh, no,
2: I have impeccable taste in music, which is why this song sucks. (laughs) But but it does, it instantly gets me moving because I, there's something tight about the beat, you know? So shout out to Snow wherever. He may be somewhere Shout doing, out to Snow working in that uh drive-thru. Yeah, somewhere, you know, working on his next mi- mixtape. You know, it, it's coming at some point. But uh speaking of mixtapes, man, did you how do you feel about Dame's two disc records towards Shaq? So who's winning? Okay, let, let's start there. Who's winning this this rap battle between uh Damian Lillard and Shaquille O'Neal? Oh, Who do you Dame. think is
1: winning? Dude, Dame, Dame's winning it. Dame has the best you know, Shaq. I remember when Shaq actually had a music career, which is ridiculous to even say, uh, back in the late 90s when he, like, was trying to tack on to the whole Michael Jordan theory, which is basically like, look, promote yourself constantly no matter what with anything. Yeah. Like, if you're a recognizable brand, just milk the S out of it. And so... You know, that's where Shaq comes from when he does the, these kind of things. It's all out of I, promotion. Listen, Damian Lillard is a real artist. Like, he's an, actually a really good rapper.
2: Man, Shaq Diesel coming with no warning. Not Christian Leitner in this lot, lot, of, lot of the morning. What do you mean? Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> was great, bro. Shaquille, listen, Shaq, in my opinion, is the greatest superstar the NBA has ever had. Interesting. I'm not saying that he's the best player. However... As a player, like it's really hard to argue to, to say that Shaq isn't a top five six player all time. Like okay. it's really hard.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and disagree a little bit all time, though. I will agree with you if we constrict the time frame. Now, I want to ask people five five three zero five better you today text line. Who is the greatest NBA superstar from the year two thousand till today? You got a lot of choices. The biggest superstar it depends on what you're it depends on what we're talking about. So that means you're an incredible player obviously, but at the same time you captivate the media and you're somebody that is multifaceted. You're you're across all platforms. That's LeBron James. You and still think and, LeBron and over it's, Shaq. It's not even
2: yeah, over the past So Shaq to me all time just because I Shaq had a rap album that had Biggie on it. Like notorious B I G was had a song with Shaquille O'Neal, you know. So he he was really in the game. Shaq had a video game. Shaq had some of the coolest shoes because those first uh, uh, Reeboks that he had, the Kamikazes, were super fresh. What about the Hypnos? You remember those? I do remember the Hypnos. Yeah, okay. that's the, those are the, those were those were those ones with the the circles and yeah. yeah, the Kamikaze. So then uh, Shaq also. What else did he do, man? He was all the, the break dancer. He, and on top of that, he was a center who was running point guard at a lot of times, running the ball up the court and dunking on everybody's face. Shaq was, when I was in fourth, fifth grade, he was every kid's favorite player. Mm. Every single kid had Shaq posters on their wall. Like he was He was everywhere. And then he grew into the diesel, but even still, from there he became the big Shactus and the big Aristotle and the big quote and all—all all these little things that he would do, like he's the big Shactus. Shactus is, is is great, but LeBron James is not just the basketball figure, but he's the arguably the most captivating sports figure that we have right now.
1: Like, yeah, and I've heard that too. That for our generation, even though you know, I define that loosely, if you'd like, the whole my generation, but. uh You know, I I guess LeBron James was our Michael Jordan, if you want to say it that way. But, you know, I think what separates LeBron James' kind of media career, him as a media mogul, or him as just kind of a superstar from Shaquille O'Neal is, it seems like Shaquille O'Neal is having fun. Yes. Like, Shaquille O'Neal, everything he does, even if it's the stupid general commercials, you know that dude's having fun on set, and you know there's a little, like, nudge, nudge, wink, wink to everything. LeBron James is so manicured in everything that he does that it's about his image. Now, I'm not talking about some of the amazing things he does, is like, you know, opening a school that has free tuition for kids and that gives free lunches and free rides to school. That kind of stuff is mind blowing, but it's the kind of thing that where he like, I don't know, he'll get involved in certain projects like the running man. You remember that show he did, that stupid reality show on ABC? Uh, kind of, not he really. He was executive producer. He
2: was just stupid and hokey. Yeah, they all do. Steph Curry did like a yeah, silly mini golf little thing and everything <laughs> like that. Dumb. But no, but the one thing he has done is, uh, you know, he's participated in some movies. He was pretty funny in his little role in Trainwreck that he had. With yeah, Andy he was Schumer. funny in Trainwreck. Uh, you know, his show on a, or I think he executive produced, um, survivor's remorse you know at mm. that point you know that was a pretty well, the good show, show too the right? shop show is pretty yeah. good it's a little maverick Carter is a little irritating to me but the show overall is a great way for athletes and entertainers to come on and really tell their stories so i think the one thing lebron has done and i don't get too much on lebron is the fact that he's made it okay for players to speak up and for players just not to accept everything and i think we've seen a, a much more uh, open NBA as far as guys that are willing to talk or willing to speak up on certain issues, be it the Michael Brown situation or be it not. He's been incredibly quiet about this whole China thing. You notice that? LeBron yeah. hasn't said anything yeah, like, about like that. To think he has some interest. Well, exactly, because it's about <laughs> money. And you know what? I'm not going to say nothing that's going to mess up my money. So let me be quiet. Well,
1: and here's the interesting part, if we can roll this all back around to Damian Lillard, which is that Damian Lillard is doing this kind of stuff, doing rap battles, releasing albums. He's going to be in Space Jam. He makes himself available for uh, major market commercial media campaigns with State Farm. I mean, you know, the list goes on. He's doing this in Portland, Oregon, man. Dame, in my opinion, I think Dame is a top
2: five superstar in this league right now. And and the, and the reason is, arguable. again, when you start going on, when you escape just the basketball realm and then you're relevant in, like, pop culture, that's the issue. Like, Dame, we forget. He started Four Bar Friday. Like, three years, three, four years ago, you know, he just started, man, I'm going to spit four bars on Twitter. And that became a viral thing, not just across the NBA, but lots of people were doing four bar Fridays. That was something that was Damian Lillard, you know, coming to the blazer game on Halloween with the stone cold, Steve Austin mask on with the, with the Austin belt and everything like that. He's, and that was all over WWE's website and everything else. Like he's one of those guys that he's starting to really transcend um, just the game. And now with the rap album, like again, Dame is not just the best NBA rapper. He's a, he's better than a lot of dudes that are out right now. So he's becoming one of those guys that's, He's a recognizable figure.
1: Like, do if, you think that he could do this same thing in a bigger market, he, and he would absolutely kill it? Just let's say if Dame Lillard played for New York, sure. or if he played for
2: Chicago, do Lakers. You know, whatever. Do you know how many how how many more times he'd be featured on somebody's record or whatever the case is because he's in one of these places? Like, we would hear Dame all the time. Hot ninety seven or one zero seven five in New York is the biggest hip hop station in the entire world, basically. If Damian Lillard is is on that is in that city and he's the star of that team, please, please, you know how New York sweats itself anyway, and then you give them a star like Damian Lillard, absolutely.
1: I would like to think that maybe he would, he wouldn't be as big, just because I think that a lot of the stuff that he gets behind has kind of a community roots feel to it, and I think that when you get into those major markets, you're talking about like New York, Chicago, or L.A., it becomes more about. Uh, you know, because more about show business and more about how can you entertain me right now. I think why he fits so well in Portland, Oregon is because you have a bunch of socially conscious people and socially conscious fans that like to take up causes and like to know that, you know, they're supporting something that has a cause behind it. That's why, you know, friggin' Rose Garden turned into the Moda Center, which is a health, you know a health insurance company. Yeah, people don't like that, though. I mean people don't like it but it fits the city really well. You know, it's not the Staples Center, it's not the Pepsi Center, it's not anything else. It's a local company.
2: No, yeah, it's that's that's very true. And uh, you know there's always a very there's a very local hometown feel, you know, about mm. Portland. Not so much in LA, not so much in New York, yeah. you know, but they but still I think the opportunities for especially for Dame to be cuz he wants to be you know a part of the, 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 the machine, you know, so he wants to really make it as a rapper, not Doing because he's Damian way. Lillard, not because he's Damian Lillard, but because he's a, a talented rapper. And I believe that if, if he were somewhere like New York or LA, his music career would have, you know, really progressed a lot more than it actually has here in Portland. Like he's made it here in Portland because he himself is a talented rapper and a great basketball player, you know, so, uh, but if he were somewhere else, then man, I think he would have a real shot at making it do something.
1: I want to talk about coming up next year. The fact that there were so many effing scouts at last night's duck game.
2: There were uh, there there were, and, and there were what at least they said like maybe seven or eight general managers, you know, just in the building. And they were all there to see one guy. So
1: five, five, three, zero, five, better you did uh, better you today text line on the other side. What is Justin Herbert's nightmare scenario? meaning he goes somewhere and he turns into Josh Rosen. Oof. Not talent-wise, just situation. Just Josh Rosen. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Okay, well, yeah, let's
2: talk about that when we come back right here on Center and the Saint on the fan.
1: Also brought to you by Royal Exteriors. Triple-pane windows for to 60% less than double-pane. LLC.com.
2: So the great Will Darkens posed an awesome question just before we went to our last break and. You know, there were lots of uh, general managers and lots of scouts at last night's Oregon-Colorado game, and I think there was a lot of people to see. They wanted to make sure they saw um, Brown, first name? Not Bobby. Chris Brown. No. What's the receiver from? Tony. Tony Brown. Dang it. I told you I always do that. Tony Brown. Uh, Clearly, a lot of people there to see. Justin Herbert. That's really the one person that – scouts are looking at because you have a lot of crappy teams right now that are in the market for a great NFL quarterback but last night was a great opportunity for certain guys to shine you know you you saw uh Breeland obviously uh the senior was able to shine up until the injury so you saw that uh, the Ducks were able to make great plays with him so whenever you have that many scouts you know even though they're there to see someone else Having a good game can go really far into making sure you put yourself on the radar. Maybe not get drafted that year, but maybe they saw something out of the sophomore that they can't draft yet. And so, yeah, let's come back to Austin to go see that kid.
1: Well, and I think most of all, uh, you know, everybody, at least Duck fans, and I know probably some NFL fans uh, of teams that need a quarterback right now, were pretty relieved to see that Justin Herbert is everything as advertised. Again. Just take the drops out of it because it was absolutely ridiculous how many times Herbert was putting the ball on a tight wire exactly where the receiver's hands were. You know that even on the crappiest of teams, NFL wide receivers, professionals are going to catch that every single time. I think what really kind of worried you, though, for Justin Herbert's safety and the future of his career is there's a couple teams he could go to next year that look like black holes yeah uh one of which
2: one of those black holes uh are the 0-4 miami dolphins yes that's one of those teams that if you are a rookie and they call your name with the number the the first overall pick the miami dolphins select justin herbert you probably go damn it yeah he's gonna get a great
1: tan but that's it he's Hmm. gonna get the crap beat out
2: you're gonna have you're gonna he's gonna have that long (laughs) pretty hair going to have a great he's going to fit into miami perfectly as far as just being a resident but as far as being the quarterback of a winning team miami's going to be in the basement for a while you know just considering they're they're a dumpster fire right now and it's really like a yard sale for miami they're just giving away you know their their best players and so well they're
1: giving away losses too they don't care no they they don't care they don't care
2: and and if i'm a if i'm a young player and all i've known my entire life in football is to win Go out there and compete, and try your hardest, and try to win the game. I'm not going to win every game, probably, but the one thing I've never been told to do is to lose, to go out there and to tank, huh? Not play as hard, or tell me I'm not going to play today against it. What? So uh, that's really hard for young players to to get, and they still want to. You want to compete through that, but I think Miami is just not a great situation. They don't have. Uh, a great head coach, in my opinion. Um, yeah,
1: Brian Flores. And this is something I was going to mention, too, is the idea that you have Brian Flores coming from New England, where, uh, you know, if you see the track history, it's not great. The Belichick coaching tree isn't awesome when people decide to branch out. Now, um, you know, uh, Matt Patricia has yet to prove that because there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to Detroit. But for the most part even when you saw Josh McDaniels go to Denver it was a dumpster fire and he came back because no, he knew where the winning was
2: and and a lot of times when it comes to the the Belichick coaching tree most of the guys that get hired are the defensive coordinators yeah like honestly like i think uh, the only guy i can think of off the top of my head is uh Uh, Charlie Weiss, you know, offensive coordinator. And McDaniels
1: left but came back. Yeah, yeah,
2: McDaniels left, didn't have a great, you know, outing at Denver, but he was the youngest coach in the league and had no really no idea how to be uh, a head coach. He's back in New England because he knows that he's going to get the keys of the car the minute that Belichick, Belichick's almost 70. He's going to be retiring pretty soon here. And so he knows he gets that. But if you're Justin Herbert, like, I don't know. I think I'm pulling the L way. I, I mean, I think I'm pulling the Eli, and I'm saying I'm not going there. I'm sorry. Like, there's at this point, you can call your shot, and if that team really, really wants you, then they're going to make sure they put some things into place to make a uh, develop a trade or something. But I'm I'm sorry, I'm not going to uh, to Miami. I'm sorry. I don't want to go there. I don't want to play for the Jets.
1: Well, and there's, of course, another team who, on the Better You Today text line 55305, Sam the Mailman brought up, which is, uh, you know, the Redskins, where, um, you know, you're not so much dealing with an awful situation all around, which is the Miami Dolphins, but with the Redskins, it's you're dealing with Dan Snyder. And any other position, if this would have been running back or lineman or, you know, linebacker, whatever, it doesn't really matter. As a quarterback, you have a relationship with everybody when you get to the NFL, and you have a relationship with everybody even when you're in college. And so if the relationship that you're going to start to have with your owner, Dan Snyder, is one that's turbulent because Justin Herbert seems like a reasonable guy who is intelligent, who's an emotionally capable person, who knows how to talk to people and work with people, that's the complete opposite of Daniel Snyder. He is a nut job in terms of making decisions and doesn't seem to care if the team falls deeper and deeper into that D.C. swamp. So, again, it's kind of pick your poison, right? Like, do you really want to go to the Dolphins? Do you really want to go to the Redskins? Do you really want to go to the Denver Broncos, who are 1-4 and right now, and John Elway seems to be a crappy quarterback whisperer? It's a little scary. Snyder
2: is, in my opinion... One of the worst owners in sports, mm. by far. You know that's number one. He hasn't won a championship as an owner. His free agent uh, accusation, accusations, <laughs> acquisitions have been pretty trash over the past what ten years or or so. You know he's uh, two playoff wins since two thousand five. Like uh, this, there's nothing about Daniel Snyder that says he's a great coach. And then, mind you, I don't call. Washington by their actual you know team name. I call them Washington, just because based on the the name and how offensive it is, like it's it's silly that that's even a conversation about why it should be changed or that yeah. you could be so oblivious as to why people would feel um, that way. So I don't I wouldn't want to play there, and there's certain like you drafted R g three, right? and you also drafted Kirk Cousins mm. in the same draft. The same, like, and I think, wasn't Kirk Cousins like a third-round pick? So mm-hmm. you went and got your the, the Heisman winner, and then you went and got a, the, another guy, in this, what? Like, and neither one of them worked out for you at the end of the day. At least Kirk got you to a a playoff game, but I think RG3 did too.
1: Didn't he? He did.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, those are the the biggest, I, and uh, what's my guy's name? The, the tight end that they have now, Old Man River, Vernon Davis. Oh, yeah. Name somebody else they've signed that's like, oh, that's going to really help The uh,
1: Washington move forward this year. Nobody. So I wouldn't want to go there. Um, Now, there is a team that you can see that there is some there is an interesting theory that's been floated out this entire week that I absolutely love and I think can work. And a lot of people kind of scoff at it because of salary cap issues. But I I think that's just a thing of the past in the NFL. Like you said earlier in this segment, if you want somebody, you're going to move mountains to get them. The Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons right now sit at 1-4 and in a division that honestly is way too competitive for them because the Carolina Panthers seem like they're going to be okay with their new QB Allen. Uh, Once Drew Brees comes back, they're going to blow the doors off that thing. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually seem like a competent team. What do you know? You could have an Atlanta Falcons team that doesn't fall all the way to the bottom, but could find themselves in, say, the, I don't know, third, fourth pick, and if you could get to the Miami Dolphins, you could get to the Redskins, and you could say to them, look, we're sitting at three right now. Trade spots with us. Trade spots with us, and we'll give you Matt Ryan. We'll give you the third pick, we'll give you Matt Ryan, and we'll give you cash, and you can start again with him because the Dolphins are stupid enough to take that, and so are the Redskins. And put Justin Herbert in a position where you're going to get Julio Jones in the twilight of his career – and, uh, you know, you're going to get a defense that's pretty capable and an offense that is already pretty good. That's the one bright light that I can see here. But I really do get concerned about the fact that Justin Herbert might find his way onto an NFL team that just isn't going to know how to use him.
2: I think that's a, that's an awesome uh, trade scenario. I think another one that's similar to that would be the Denver Broncos. You, yeah, know, as, I you just, know, I don't know what Elway, people would really man. want. Elway's silly. And Elway, he hasn't shown that he's been able to groom – a young quarterback to be the guy. You know, he was lucky enough to get Peyton Manning in, and then after that, uh, one got the 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 other guy Flacco, and we'll see. Yeah, what well, Flacco and he had Osweiler that he tried to. Brock Osweiler yeah. was not a good quarterback, so you know, a, a lot of whiffs there if you're uh, Elway. So this is an opportunity. You can say, man, hey, we know at this point that they're looking to shop somebody like Von Miller. It's like, hey, man, we can give you our best defensive player, some cash, and some other things. So the Broncos are going to be. They're going to be down there as well, as far as yeah, as far as the draft. So. And it's
1: kind of funny too because uh, doesn't this totally fit the stereotype of what John Elway does, which is totally. just draft 100. huge white guy quarterback.
2: That's 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 I mean, because why he's a huge white guy quarterback. <laughs> like he, he knows that it can work, and if if it works, I guess he feels like if this don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, it's been kind of broken. Osweiler was six eight, and couldn't throw the ball from me to you. You know, it was just kind of. He was dumpy and just not a, not a very good quarterback. And then there was, I kept, uh not Burma, uh, what's, what's the other guy's name? Uh, came in just after Osweiler left. He was equally as terrible. and, and incredibly he Forgettable, yeah. Incredibly forgettable. Tre- Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Yeah. There you go. This is what the Broncos' reality has been. So getting a guy, you know, like a Justin Herbert in there can completely turn around uh, the way that franchise. Mind you, four years ago, five years ago, the Broncos were in the Super Bowl. You know, And three years ago, the Falcons were in the Super Bowl. And so both of these teams are now pretty much you know bottom feeders of the NFL. And so if you're Justin Herbert, I hope you hire a great agent that's able to work some things out because, again, I think I'm calling my shot. If the team is really that bad, I'm not going to Miami.
1: Well, and uh, some people on the better you today, text line uh, 55305, having good opinions and also helping us out. Paxton Lynch was that uh, last quarterback they – Paxton Lynch. Yeah. Yes. Except for the good. other guy from Missouri. And then also somebody saying that Julio Jones is not in the twilight of his career. Once uh, Herbert does get drafted, give it another year and he'll start to digress. That's just the natural way of receivers. And then somebody else asking a legitimate question. You think Justin Herbert's going to absolutely go number one? And that's a fair point because you also have Tua tunga who I think a lot of NFL teams have totally gotten over the whole notion you have to be tall to be an effective quarterback in the league. That guy's one of the most accurate throwers uh, that you're going to have. And so, uh, you know, I I, I just I think that after this game last night that you had so many GMs and so many scouts in the audience and you saw a dude who, by the way, if it wasn't for an offensive pass interference penalty, that throw he made on the run that landed exactly in the receiver's hands on the sidelines dude i would have left the building if i was a scout at that point i go yeah, uh, i've
2: seen enough good i've I've seen enough yep. and i think you know herbert is he's the and we're having you know questions about you know again are we sure he's going to be the first overall we're not because we don't know what teams are are looking for at this point you know somebody might not baker want baker mayfield's you know, proof of that but and exactly you know we all thought it was going to be who was going to go first that year was it
1: Trubisky last year or no you not know, that, that year Nobody who was that, that was that. supposed
2: to no who was supposed to go first overall I was like who the hell is that guy
1: hold on a second I'm and then Baker Google Mayfield
2: it. end up sliding in and being the first quarterback taken and then had a pretty good year and everybody was like oh well yeah I guess he deserved the number one spot like no he didn't but it's cool and now if you're the Browns you're starting to figure out that man he's he's a good quarterback but he's probably not worth the the first overall pick. And that's the that's another thing about being the first overall pick. You're gonna go to a crappy franchise. You know that. There's going to be some some bumps to be taken. Uh you're gonna get sacked a lot. Uh but you have got to try to figure that out.
1: Oh yeah, dude. Okay. So it was Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh, Josh Allen Ro- yeah, and then Rosen. Rosen, who is 10th. And who else we got here? Yeah, that's kind of it. Was a Lamar a ja-
2: Lamar Jackson was like twenty three or yeah, something he like was during the ends. Yeah, he was last right pick in the first there. round. Yeah, so I mean, so we'll we'll see. But at, at this point, I don't think that uh, Herbert Herbert's gonna be the number one pick in my eyes, and unless he's not, it's probably gonna be a defensive lineman or yeah. some type of offensive line. Okay, uh, coming up next, what to watch? What to watch? I have something I was talking to Will about. There's something I absolutely think you guys should watch, and we'll talk about that next on the fan.
0: Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this, whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer, Will Darkins. And increasingly out of touch, father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally. It's What to Watch on The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan.
1: Also brought to you by Royal Exteriors, triple pane windows for up to 60% less than double pane, Royal Exteriors, LLC.com. What to Watch. Well, if you're asking me, there's a couple games that I
2: absolutely want to see. Uh, Not that I'm a big fan of either, but it's just one of the rivalries that I absolutely have to watch. Uh, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time on NBC, USC at Notre Dame. Uh, This is always a big game. I'm always pulling for the Pac-12, and so uh, Notre Dame is one of those teams that they just continue to be ranked, even though they're not great. Mm. Every year, no. they just continue to be one of those teams that people just, again, the, the brand Notre Dame is bigger than anything else. And um, I'm, I'm curious to see if how, how well USC can hold up against Notre Dame. Because a, a win for USC would mean a lot for the Pac-12 and has some implications for Oregon as we start talking about the college football playoff.
1: Well, now, speaking of implications for Oregon, there is something spicy going on right now in Athens. Uh, South Carolina is up 17-10 to 10 on Georgia Hey-o. at the start of the third. So if south carolina can beat georgia then that kind of negates notre dame's loss to georgia which then throws notre dame into the conversation and then if auburn can somehow fix themselves into an sec title game and beat alabama and then beat georgia then you got yourself a mess Then all of
2: a sudden you know things are all good but uh, this should be a really important game. So if you, if you got an opportunity, uh, pay attention to that game. Uh, Iowa uh, is hosting Penn State. So, again, get another game that's big implications. Like whenever a team that's ranked higher than you is playing, you want them to take that L. Right now Penn State is playing uh, some really – uh, really good football. Sean Clifford, not the guy that a lot of people would expect. He's not lighting the world on fire, but uh, he's leading his team to a, a perfect 6-0 and record so far. So uh, 2-0 and in the Big Ten, so we'll see exactly uh, what happens um, from there. But the big game. Florida. LSU. Yeah. Man, I... Listen. I don't know about you, but I've been to an SEC football game. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you there's absolutely nothing like SEC football, like I mean, granted, yes, the conference they sweat themselves and people, you know, fall in love with the SEC and it's boring and blah 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 yakety schmackety. The end of the day, they party and they kick it like I've never seen before. I like, can imagine the town. I was, I used to date a girl that went to Tennessee. She played golfer, um, the Volunteers, and went down there for a Tennessee Florida game when uh, Eric Ainge was actually the Tennessee uh, quarterback at that point. It's freshman year and the entire town shuts down. Uh, like the McDonald's, closed, gone to game. McDonald's is closed? Like that's the way it went up there. So the energy that SEC football brings is amazing. So this game should be uh, really, really good. Joe Burrow, arguably, arguably the best quarterback in the country. Yeah. There's, there's some people that would really make the claim that yeah. Joe Burrow uh, is the best quarterback in the country. And a lot of people don't, they don't think Florida should be where they are right now, but they're a perfect 6-0. And so this is going to be a great game this afternoon.
1: Well, I'm going to take it from two angles. One, I want to say that I am going to be watching the Beaver game intently until we start losing really badly because uh, it's going to happen. Uh, but I'm also excited just to see how the offense can fare against a incredibly quality level defense in Utah. So of course I'm going to be watching that one, but in the NFL, I am super excited to watch the Seahawks Browns game. Now the Seahawks have two offensive linemen that are going to be out, uh, that, uh, well, I guess they're questionable at this point, but it, you know, it could turn into something where this becomes competitive, but if the Browns lose this game. It is going to turn into DEFCON 5 for this team. Oh, yeah. Um, meaning, like, they're going to have to reassess Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Freddie Kitchen's hot seat will become boiling. Uh, I mean, this is just going to start a trend that will get pretty depressing for a season that had such a good outlook to start with. Now, listen to the rest of these games they have on their schedule, right? You lose to Seattle. You tell me where you can find a couple quality wins, a couple of them. You got at Patriots, at Broncos, you go home for the Bills, who aren't nothing to laugh at, Steelers, who maybe you could get a win, and the next game you have that you could possibly get an easy win would be Miami. So you have four or five games after the Seattle one that are not going to be given to you.
2: Yeah, yeah. You
1: could end up with
2: two wins, just two wins at the halfway mark. No, that could be really bad, And, and no one... Everyone coming into the season really had high expectations for the Browns. The Browns are not supposed to be where they are right now, and shame on us for you know they have made all the acquisitions. They got Odell Beckham Jr. And you're thinking that's where the wolves in, and what do you know? They're back in the same spot. One of the NFL games I'm really interested in uh, is the uh, the 49ers and the Rams. Mm. Um, yeah, the Rams, losers of two in a row, um, two games that they feel like they should have you know should have won. They lost. The Buccaneers the Buccaneers put it on them, and then they lost by a, a, a point to Seattle. San Francisco's currently undefeated. The only other undefeated team in the league outside of the Patriots. And they look like they're playing good football, and that defense is nasty. And so I'm curious to see if the Rams can respond, because if they lose three in a row, then next week they go into the, Atlanta and they have to play the Falcons, which should be a win for them. But, hell, the Buccaneers should have been a win for them, too. Mm. So we'll see how that works. So we'll see – if uh, they'll be able to right the ship right now because the Rams are not playing the best football over the past couple weeks.
1: What are you going to watch outside of football? Any movies or anything?
2: Uh, I don't know if I'm going to see any movies. I'd like to go see the Joker again, or Joker. I went and saw Joker, and if you haven't seen it yet, get everything you know about Joker out of your head as far as all the other characters we've seen, Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson. Get all those guys out of your head. Joaquin Phoenix is brilliant in that movie, and you should absolutely go check it out for sure. Well, that's going to do it for us, man. Man, Will, thank you so much for inviting me, man. I had a good time, bro. So if you're ever up and want to do some stuff on Sundays, you already know you got a spot for us you know, on, on sports or football Sunday, man. We appreciate it. So uh, please make sure you g- get at us on Twitter. He's at WillDarkins33. I'm at TaylorMade503. Man, thank you guys for rocking with us and interacting with us on the Better You Today text line. For Will Darkins, Rashad Taylor, peace.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.